What's going on, family? Good to see everybody. So just to give you guys a quick recap, um, I went and took the COVID test. Uh, I took the uh, PCR and the antigen test. And um, at first, you know, the, the results from my antigen test were that they were negative. So I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm, I'm clear. Um, and then later on that afternoon, remember, I, was, I, think, I think you guys were on, on with me when I was sharing that I was feeling some, some cold symptoms. I thought maybe I had a cold, maybe, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I, I was feeling something, but I just didn't think it was, you know, severe or anything of that nature. Um, anyway, I took the test and um, got the result. It came back negative, so I wasn't really stressing at all about it. And then um, later on that afternoon, it got worse and I started to, re to really feel some symptoms by the morning, by the next morning. Remember, we didn't have a reading ramp by the next morning. I, if I felt like a Mack truck hit me like it was, I mean, I was in a lot of pain. Um, it was uh, I had a horrible headache, uh, incredible body aches. Uh, I was in a lot of pain. Um, and then and so I was like, OK, um, maybe I have the flu. Uh, I don't believe I have COVID. I tested negative for it. So anyway, so on Wednesday, on Thursday, those two days right there, I mean, it got bad. It was really, really bad um, to the point where I was like, ah, this has to be COVID. Like, I can't I can't be going through this and not have COVID. This is bad. This is horrible. Uh, so anyway, long story short, I got my results on Friday, my PCR results on Friday, and I tested positive for COVID-19. So I, I have, uh, I have the coronavirus tested positive. Um, I've been, uh, I've been quarantining. Uh, I'm feeling better now. I still have some weakness and, you know, I'm still feeling some things, but overall, I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling better now. So um, that's all to say, guys. Uh, this thing, it just snuck up on me. I didn't see it coming. Vanessa, who's pregnant, is I mean, she's going through it right now. Um, so uh, imagine, you know, you're pregnant and you've got to go through uh, the Corona. <laughs> you you got to deal with the Corona virus. And so. <clears throat> um yeah so we're, we're yeah um yeah he just called me this morning actually he called me this morning let me know that uh yeah he's definitely feeling a lot better he's on the other side of it as well i think my wife hopefully by today she she finds herself on the other side of it that's what i'm praying about um but yeah she she's she got she went through it a lot worse uh than than i did so anyway uh that's all to say family that um, here we are. Here we are. Um, I'm good now. I'm a lot better. I'm not a hundred percent. If you notice, I'm outside. Um, I'm, I'm outside. So I'm less, I guess I have less liberality for what I want to do, but, uh, my boys. So once I started, uh, I took the test, I tested negative, but I just had a feeling and I didn't want to take any chances. And so, because I didn't want to take any chances, I sent the boys to my, my parents' uh, house. And so my, my boys have been with my parents since, since an hour after I tested. 
<laughs> since an hour after I tested. Um, so when you guys saw me going live and I was kind of chopping it up with you guys, I was already texting my mom and telling her, hey, uh, I need you to come pick up the boys uh, because uh, I don't know what this is yet, but I'm starting to feel some symptoms. I don't usually get sick. I rarely get sick. Um, and so... Uh, I just knew, you know, I'm not feeling this. Is, I haven't had this feeling in a while. Let me uh, let's get tested just to be safe and to make sure that everything's all right. So um, with that being said, even though I'm not 100 percent, I'm going to spend some time actually reading the scriptures. For those of you who are here for the first time, um, we have what, every morning what we call the read and rant. And what the reading rant is essentially, it's um, it's a time where we spend together in the reading of scripture. Um, I believe in the power of just simply reading through scripture. And then afterwards, I rant and share uh, whatever, wherever the Lord is leading me in that moment. Um, the three things that we're asking when we when we do the reading rant every morning, three things that we're asking. The first thing that we're asking is, is what is the what is God revealing concerning himself? What is God revealing concerning himself? The second question is, what is God revealing concerning people? And the third question is, what is God revealing concerning me? When you ask those questions and you prayerfully ask those questions and you posture yourself in prayer with your spirit aligned in that mindset, um, it allows you to be fed by the word. <clears throat> it allows you to be fed by the word. And that's what we want to do today. We want to be fed uh, uh, by the word today. So with that being said, we're going to get right into it. Um, I'm going to go where we left off. And um, so we're going to go to uh, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. And I'm going to read uh, out loud, and I'd like for you guys to read along with me. I'd like to have you guys read along with me, and then we're just gonna go where where the Lord leads. All right. I won't spend as much time reading and as much time ranting, but I want to at least leave you with something. I want to get back into the rhythm of things, and so um, we'll just read a couple chapters, and then <clears throat> and then we'll go where the Lord leads us. All right. So. Um. Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. And it says this. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Actually, no. Before I read, let's pray. <laughs> Father, we ask that you would speak to us this morning. Lord, for all, for all those who are participating with me in this moment, for those who are engaging with you in this moment in the reading of this word father i just pray lord that you would speak to us but reveal to us who you are reveal to us your heart and your desire reveal to us your plan and your mission reveal to us lord your calling in us and father we pray that lord that we would discover who we are um, discover who we are in you to discover you, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would give us insight into who you are. Give us insight into your people and give us insight, Lord, 
in our own hearts, Lord. Convict us where we need conviction. Correct us where we need correction. And we ask that in your name we pray. Amen. So here it is. Um, in Genesis chapter 11, <clears throat> in Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, it says this. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar and said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad on the whole face of the earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they began to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come. Let us go down and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Verse 10, this is the genealogy of Shem. Shem was 100 years old and begot Arphaxad two years after the flood. After he begot Arphaxad, Shem lived 500 years and begot sons and daughters. Arphaxad lived 35 years and begot Salah. After he begot Salah, Arphaxad lived 403 years and begot sons and daughters. Salah lived 30 years and begot Eber. After he begot Eber, Salah lived 403 years and begot sons and daughters. Eber lived 34 years and begot Peleg. And after he begot Peleg, Eber lived 430 years and begot sons and daughters. Peleg lived 30 years and begot Ru. After he begot Ru, Peleg lived 209 years and begot sons and daughters. Ru lived 32 years and begot Serug. After he begot Serug, Ru lived 207 years and begot sons and daughters. Serug lived 30 years and begot Nahor. After he begot Nahor, Serug lived 200 years and begot sons and daughters. Nahor lived 29 years and begot Terah. After he begot Terah, Nahor lived 119 years and begot sons and daughters. Now Terah lived 70 years and begot Abram. Nahor and Haran. This is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begot Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. Haran begot Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in his native land in Ur of the Chaldeans. Then Abraham and Nahor took wives. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarai. The name of Nahor's wife, Milcah. The daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. But Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot. 
the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Genesis 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. Hold on, let me let this truck go by. Of course. (laughs) All right. Sorry about that, guys. Um, Let's look at um, chapter 12 and verse 3. It says, um, actually, no, let's just start with chapter 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went from Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram told Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother, son, and all their possessions, and they had gathered and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they left the land of Canaan. So Sorry, so they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Moreh. And the Canaanites were there in that land. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him and he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed going on still toward the south. Verse 10. Now there was a famine in the land and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there for the, for the famine was severe in the land And it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt that he said to Sarai, his wife, Indeed, I know you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake and that I may live because of you. So it was when Abram came into Egypt that the Egyptians saw the woman that she was very beautiful. The princess of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. He treated Abram well for her sake. He had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys and camels. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh in his house with great plagues because of Sarai. Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, 
What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? I might have taken her as my wife. Now, therefore, she is your wife. Take her and go your way. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him that they be sent away. Sorry, that they be that that, that they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. I'll read one more chapter. Then Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had and lot with him to the south. Abram was very rich in livestock in silver and in gold. And they went out on his journey from the, from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Lot also, who went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them, that they might dwell together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. So Abram said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Hmm. Words of wisdom. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go towards Zoar. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. The men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look to the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I will give you and your descendants forever. <laughs> and I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length, and its width, for I give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth tree in Mamre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. <clears throat> um, it's good to see y'all. That's what we're going to read today. Um, Genesis 11, Genesis 12, and Genesis 13. And I just want to um, take this opportunity to share a few thoughts with you guys. Um, just to give you a word of encouragement to build you up as you uh, progress forward throughout the day today. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, I am still battling coronavirus Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, 
I'm still working through it. I'm outside. You hear all the noise. For those of you who may end up hearing this on the podcast a couple weeks from now, um, when you hear this, you're going to hear a whole bunch of noise. You're going to hear trucks and everything else because I'm outside. Um, I can't go anywhere yet, but I said, you know what? I'm still going to engage. I'm going to still spend some time in the in the word with you guys. Um, I, I just, you know, it's there's some there's something cathartic about reading the word of god and uh, refreshing and renewing when we spend time in his word and so i uh, just want to you know just want to give you guys a heads up if i don't stay on for long um it's uh because i'm still in recovery i'm doing a lot better than my wife right now um so keep her in prayer do a lot better uh and that's another reason why i don't want to stay out too long because i got to attend to her um so anyway, um, I, I just want to leave you with a few words of encouragement. And I want to thank you guys for being patient as well. I know we've committed to this. And with the fact that I've been absent, you know, I have a passion for this. I love doing this with you guys. And so um, just keep me in prayer and keep the family in prayer. Um, but we're getting better. I'm on the other side of it. So so thank God for that. Right. Um, but if I were to share... Uh, a few thoughts with you guys. Um, for those of you who have been engaged with us, I think up to this point now, as you've been reading through the book of Genesis, you're learning some things. You're learning some things. Um, one of the things that you're learning as you engage in this text and as you engage in Genesis, if you're reading Genesis, like I said before, I, I want you guys to delete Uh, delete everything that you have uh, been accustomed to when you read Genesis delete anything anybody told you about Genesis delete it delete everything anyone has said about the book of Genesis because if you don't you're going to miss what it's actually saying um when you, when you read the book of Genesis, what you're going to learn is that there was chaos on the earth and God brought order back to it. And in the place and in the order that he was bringing back into the earth, the reorganization of the earth, okay? Genesis 1 is more about the reorganization and the bringing of order to things than it is about the creation of the universe. A lot of people think Genesis is about the creation of the universe. No, it's not. Genesis is about God establishing his rule, both in the physical and in the spiritual, in the seen and the unseen. And so the the place of meeting the seen and unseen is, is, um, is Eden. Eden is where the spiritual and the physical both interlap and coincide with each other. Eden was a reality, not just a geographic location. That's why people can find Eden geographically, but never really find Eden. People say, oh, this is where Eden was. No, Eden was a spiritual reality that existed on the earth. 
It was where God resided. And maybe later on we'll talk about gardens and why the image of the Garden of Eden. Because sometimes we have this picture of a garden and these gates in the garden and you know, this garden has beautiful fruits and things like that and, and all this stuff. And, and yes, all those are, are good, but gardens represented images to the Hebrew people. The Hebrew people understood what it meant when the scriptures speak of a, a garden um, and, and what a garden is. It's, it, 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 it speaks to the counsel of God existing in a particular place. And yet what God wanted to do is, is he wanted to multiply Eden on all the earth because he told man be fruitful and multiply. God's plan for mankind was not to stay in Eden. God's plan for mankind was to bring Eden throughout the whole world. God was in the business of reorganizing. Okay. He was in the business of reorganizing. He separates the light from the darkness. He separated the waters. Then he separated the water from the land. Then he separated the, the, the creatures from the waters. Then he separated the creatures from the land. Notice, it's a reorganization. He was reorganizing. And then the last thing he did was, among the creatures was human beings. That he said, let us make men in our image. God chose to insert himself on the earth through mankind. So, so being human was about a status that you had. Being human was about a rule, a license that you were given to rule the earth. And so when he puts Adam in the garden to tend it and to keep it, I'm, I'm coming, I'm, I'm just bringing things full circle so you know where we're at. When he put Adam in the garden to tend it and to keep it, he put him in the garden, not just in the garden of Eden, but he gave him a job to fulfill throughout the entire earth, which was to tend and to keep it to exercise his rule on the earth. Adam was called to be a representative of God on earth. I know we talked a little bit about this, that sometimes we have these, um, these myopic pers perspectives of God. Um, I think sometimes even Trinitarian doctrine, like the doctrine of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the doctrine of the Trinity uh, can can lead to misunderstandings about God. Do I believe in the Trinity? Absolutely, I believe in the Trinity. But I believe that often we as believers, we take the Trinity too far. We take the Trinity too far, and in taking it too far, we miss out on, on, on who God is. And in missing out on who God is, we miss out on the profundity of, of what it means for Christ, for Jesus, for God to have emptied himself into flesh and to dwell among us in the salvific work that he did for us. When we're, when we're overly Trinitarian, we miss out on that. And what do I mean by overly Trinitarian? When it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, he, the, word, the word is Elohim, and, and, and the word Elohim is actually plural for El. El means God. El is God. Elohim literally means gods. Elohim is the plural of El. And, and a lot of theologians, because they're overly Trinitarian, they run to Elohim is the Trinity, gods. No, that doesn't make sense. I'll tell you why that doesn't make sense. Let me do a little Bible study today as well. 
The reason why that doesn't make sense is because the doctrine of the Trinity is not that there's more than one God. The doctrine of the Trinity is that there is one God in three persons. So if there's one God in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, then Elohim cannot speak to God. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, because then you're counting them as different, as separate. And yet they're not separate, they're one. So that doesn't make sense. Y'all call what I'm saying? Oh, that doesn't make sense to say Father, Son, Holy Spirit is one, but he's Elohim, God's. No. And when you study the scriptures, you're going to learn that Elohim, the word Elohim, is used all throughout the Old Testament. And the word Elohim was not attributed to simply the Trinity or to God, um, uh, uh, to, 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 to the God, Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. The, the Elohim, there, there were other beings that were called Elohim. The demons were referred to as the Elohim. The, uh, the council of God was referred to as the Elohim. When you read throughout the book of Psalms, Elohim is used more often than you would think. And when the word Elohim is used, it speaks to all kinds of other spiritual beings. So, so, so the Elohim is not God. <laughs> not, not Yahweh. The Elohim is not Yahweh. Not the God of the Israelites. How's it going? I hope I hope y'all you guys are understanding what I'm saying here. Good to see you, man. Um the, the, the Elohim. Stay with me, family. The Elohim speaks to a type of being that existed in a realm that we cannot see. Okay? Um, sorry if I sound a little weak and if I'm outside and it's a little noisy. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still recovering from coronavirus, so stick with me. All right, guys? So I hope this doesn't annoy you too much. <coughs> there are Elohim that were evil. <laughs> um, the Elohim represented the council of God. So when it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. We read that wrong because we put Elohim and then we put God, we put God there <laughs> in capital letters. But no, that isn't, that isn't the Elohim. That, sorry, that isn't God. Now, did God create that? Absolutely, he did. But understand what it says, in the beginning, the Elohim, Elohim created. Uh, then later on in verse 29, uh, then Elohim said, let us make man in our image. Plurality again. <clears throat> now, if God is one, then is God talking to himself? Is God... These are the these are the things that confuse people. <laughs> so let me help make sense of it. The Elohim represent, and maybe I'll do a Bible study on just the Elohim, but the Elohim represent the divine counsel of God. 
the Elohim were the spiritual beings that operate as representatives of God in the spiritual realm. That's who the Elohim were. The Elohim were the fingers of God, the, 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 you know, the 24 elders and uh, the seraphim and all these, all these uh, beings were considered to be the Elohim. Okay? They were all considered to be the Elohim. Um, and so the Elohim represented God in the spiritual realm. God creates the heavens and the earth. And when he creates the heavens and the earth, he he brings order to it. Remember, Genesis is not about creation, <laughs> but about God establishing order on earth and his rule on earth. And after he's reorganized and established his rule on earth, then God makes man in his image. He inserts himself into mankind in Genesis chapter 2 and then puts man in the garden to tend it and to keep it. Long story short, human beings were God's imagers on earth. The Elohim were God's imagers in the spiritual realm. Human beings were God's imagers on earth. The Elohim were God's imagers in the spiritual realm. Why am I bringing all this up? You're going to see where I'm going. Satan was part of the Elohim. And yet Satan, the word Satan is the... Uh, People think of Satan as a person. Satan is not a person. Satan came into a person. Uh, Satan is a system. Satan, the word Satan means adversary. So Satan is literally anything that opposes God. And so Lucifer, Satan came into Lucifer. <laughs> Satan came into Lucifer but Satan is the opposer of God Satan is the opposer of God yes Sherry that's um that's 95% right his name wasn't Lucifer his name is Lucifer Lucifer embodies Satan Satan is a system it's more than just a person which is why Satan showed and revealed himself through a snake. He revealed himself through a serpent. He revealed himself and he reveals himself in many different ways because he Satan is the is the the the, the opposer of God. Satan is the anti-god. And so Satan is the system that drives anything that opposes God. You can see how this aligns with Revelation now. <clears throat> it, it aligns with Revelation now because Revelation speaks to the governments and the institutions that are being driven and moved by Satan. Okay? 
Why did I bring up all that? I brought up all that because Satan did not have authority on the earth. He did not have authority on the earth. Mankind gave the devil authority. Mankind gave Satan authority. When God gave man authority, nothing on this earth can happen without the permission or the permissibility of human beings. Human beings have been given authority to rule the earth. <coughs> human beings have been given authority to rule the earth. So therefore, if Satan rules in any way on the earth, it's because Satan was given authority. By who? Not by God. By us. How? By succumbing to the temptation that we've been <laughs> you know it's funny I, I always say this the one of the biggest travesties in the scriptures obviously Genesis 3 is one of the darkest chapters in the Bible but one of the greatest travesties in scripture one of the greatest travesties in scripture is that man fell into the temptation of something he already had man was created to be like God Images of God, imagers of God, called to image God, and yet the devil tempted Satan with what he already had. Sorry, the devil tempted Adam and Eve with what they already had. He said, they'll be like God, but they were already like God. Knowing good and evil, they knew good. Then why, why was it necessary to know evil? They knew everything that was good. And yet they were tempted to know evil because they were told that knowing good and evil would make them like God. Except now that they knew evil, they brought sin into the world. Another side note. I'm sorry. I, I want to make sure you guys read the scriptures as the Hebrews would read it. To know something is not the way we think of knowing. When we think of knowing, we actually think knowing is understanding. That's not how the Hebrews understood know. <clears throat> to know something, actually, as a matter of fact, the word knowing in the script in the scriptures is used synonymously with having sexual intercourse. It's gonna get a little weird. It's synonymous with having sexual intercourse. To know. Adam knew Eve. <laughs> Adam knew of Eve and they had a baby I remember when I was a kid I said Adam knew Eve and they had a baby man that's how babies are born you just have to know somebody and then the babies are born well they understood what new meant it was it was akin to sexual intercourse it was an intimate oneness that you had with that thing so when you know good and evil you haven't it's not oh I know what evil is that's not what it's saying there in the scriptures it's not knowing evil. It's it's intimate. It's to be an intimate relationship with evil. It's to not have evil within you. It's to be one with evil. They were one with good and evil. And so, of course, Eden was lost. From that moment on, we see the consequence because we see Satan at work. I'm, just, I'm walking you up to, to where, we, where we read. We see Satan at work. 
Satan is at work now. This evil that man knows now has become a part of mankind. Mankind becomes selfish. The root of all evil is selfishness. Let me say that one more time. Let me say that one more time for some people in the back. The root of everything that is evil is selfishness. The root of everything that is bad is me, myself, and I. The moment you think about yourself and what's best for yourself above the needs of others who are around you is the moment that selfishness comes in. Every crime, every sin, everything that is committed, that is wrong in this world comes out of me, myself, and I. 